0: to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. This fall, my family was supposed to be in Scotland. It's a place I've always wanted to visit, Scotland is where my father's side of the family hails from, and my curiosity was piqued at an early age about our family history. It was a trip spent many years in the making, years of dreaming and months of planning. Our itinerary was mostly set, although travel and lodging were yet to be booked. An added bonus was that I would be spending my birthday in Scotland. What more could I ask for than spending time in tea shops, sneaking away to bookshops, Soaking up the history and traversing the countryside. In March, as the virus began its ugly spread, my husband tried to prepare me for what would most likely happen. Scotland would probably have to wait. I held on with a sliver of hope that all would be back to normal by September. But with summer came the realization that there would be no trip this year. It was a bitter disappointment. But there was nothing for it. The dream would have to keep. So I put Scotland out of my mind for a time. But this winter, I found myself with a terrible case of wanderlust, dreaming again about our trip. To cope, I became an armchair traveler, reading books and watching TV shows set in Scotland, and listening to audiobooks narrated in lovely Scottish accents. My little jaunt of literary travel also reintroduced me to a favorite legend from childhood, the Selkies. I have loved the mystery of folk tales for as long as I can remember. So it is no surprise that my imagination was captured by the Selkie legend as a child. Many of my siblings, too, were delighted by them. For those not familiar with the Selkie, it is a creature in Norse and Celtic mythology. The Selkie is a seal that can shed its skin and take on human form. In many of the stories, a mortal man crouches behind rocks and waits for a Selkie to transform into a woman. If he takes the skin, he can have her for his wife. And as long as the skin is hidden from her, she will stay in human form and cannot return to the sea. As you may expect, these stories often end with the selkie finding her skin while her husband is away. usually it is one of her children that shows it to her. Once reunited with her seal skin, she returns to the sea. No human tie can hold her, not the love of her husband or children. The pool of the sea is strong enough to break any earthly ties. Selkie men are handsome and seductive. Usually preying on the lonely and unhappy mortal woman, these stories end in separation as well. No Selkie story has captured my heart and imagination more than secret at the Ron Moorescar
1: by Rosalie
0: K. Fry. A delightful story about a young girl returning to her home on the western isles of Scotland. Now, on first thought, a story about Selkie's may not be the ideal content for a children's book, especially given the seductive nature of the creatures. But Rosalie K. Fry manages to make this short book pulse with hope and the beauty of a family's love, all while interweaving glimpses of this legend throughout her story. I was introduced to the Selkie myth and secret of Ron Moore's scary by the movie version of the book called The Secret of Rowan Inish. My oldest brother was home from college during a break and showed us the movie one evening. I was captivated by the sparse beauty and fine storytelling of the film. What a delight to discover that it was also a children's book. After watching the movie, I tracked it down at the library to read. That was many years ago. But this past spring, as I searched for good stories to bolster me up through the loneliness of lockdown, I remembered Secret of the Ron more scary. I found that it was recently reprinted by the New York Review children's collection, and I immediately bought a copy. It was such a comfort to know that I finally owned a copy of the book for myself, and it was worth every penny that I spent on it. This winter, I picked it up to read at the height of my wanderlust. From the first lines, I was drawn into the story of Fiona McConville again. White-capped waves scudded before the wind, tumbling over one another in their hurry to fling themselves on a little steamer heading out from the coast of Scotland toward the Western Isles. We first meet Fiona on the deck of a ship traveling to the Western Isles. She stands alone, a solitary little figure. She's going to stay with her grandparents, where she will be one step closer to the place of her birth. Ron Moore Island. The McConvilles lived on Ron Moore for generations, fishing and working what they could of the land, but left the island for an easier way of life in a city on the mainland when Fiona was a young child. Fiona has lived for the past four years in the city. She is sent back to the Western Isles for her health. Her condition, a lingering period of ill health because of the conditions of the crowded city, is palpable evidence of the McConville's tie to the island of Ron Moore. The book beautifully shows the strong ties of people to their land, and how it can affect even the children. It is infused with a sense of place and the value of home in our lives. The McConville's relationship to Ronmoor is almost covenantal. The pull to return to the island is strong and stays with many members of the family. Apart from their home, they languish. Even the cottages on Ronmoor show this. They have fallen into disrepair and are in desperate need for the family to return so they could be restored too. Once reunited with her grandparents on the Western Isles, though not yet back to the family home on Ron Moor, Fiona begins to recover. She also begins to hear stories of the family legends from her grandfather, the keeper of the family history and lore. A born storyteller, expertly portrayed in both the film and book, he regales Fiona with the legends of the McConville family. Fiona is entranced by her grandfather's stories. One day, as her grandfather repairs a fishing boat on the beach, he tells Fiona the story of Ian McConville and his mysterious bride. One day, Ian rowed out in his fishing boat and returned with a woman with great dark eyes and wild black hair. The only answer that he gives his neighbors of where she came from is that he found her on Ron more scary. In spite of the suspicion of his neighbors, Ian McConville marries a stranger, and here is where the legend of the Selkies enters the story, although it is mostly hinted at. After the birth of their first child, Ian's wife asks him to make an unusual cradle for the baby. The cradle is fashioned in the shape of a boat, made from wood of ships that sailed the sea. It has no rockers, for it is made to rock on the waves. It becomes the cradle for generations of McConvilles thereafter. This is not the only inheritance that the McConvilles receive from Ian's mysterious bride, though. From time to time throughout the generations, a child is born with the dark hair and eyes of Ian McConville's wife. And the legend is that the sea holds a strange sway over these children. They are called the Children of the Ron Moore Scary. The small, rocky island off of Ron Moore where the seals rest. Fiona's baby brother, Jamie, was one of the dark-haired McConvilles, and his disappearance in the cradle boat on the day his family left Ron Moore remains a mystery. Fiona longs to return to Ron Moore. Listen to the description of her first seeing the island after four years away. In the water, it looked enchanting with its group of old stone cottages clustered around the tranquil bay in the lee of a sheltering hill. A glimpse of the island stirs Fiona's blood with the desire to return. Her grandfather also tells her a rumor that Jamie has been spotted by sailors sailing the waves in his cradle boat, escorted by seals. And this makes her more determined to find a way back to Rammoor. One night, she glimpses a mysterious light from her family's old cottage on the island. Could it be Jamie? Fiona soon sets out to discover if her baby brother is still alive. Is Fiona, a small child of ten with a frail constitution, destined to be the redeemer of her family? She has no special strength except an inner strength and courage in spades, and a deep love for the land and her lost brother to guide her. But is it enough to recover what has been lost for so many years? Well, you will have to read the book to find out. As I read *Secret of the Ron Moore scary this winter a cozy blanket, and a hot mug of tea as my literary companions. I wanted to live in the story. I didn't want it to end. I wanted to stand on the deck with Fiona, breathing in the delicious salty spray from the sea as the ship steered its way to the big island. I wanted to ramble with her through the countryside of Ron Moore and curl up before a warm fire on a bed made from her granny's cloak. I wanted to find this little dinner set made of oyster shells in the abandoned family cottage. And most of all, I wanted to have the courage and hope from glimpsing a light on the island at night that a small boy named Jamie still lived, cared for by the seals, and would one day be reunited with his family. This is the power of these little stories. They can transport us to times and places when we are physically not able to go. And if I, a woman in my 40th decade, can be so captured by this little story, only think what it can do for a child's imagination. I owe Rosalie K. Fry a debt of gratitude for the many years of delight I have found in Selkie's stories. I wish I knew more about the woman who wrote this charming book, with her ability to weave folklore and mystery so seamlessly into a simple story about a family and the tie to their land. What I have found out is brief. Over the course of nearly 40 decades, Rosalie K. Fry wrote more than 30 books. Born in Vancouver, she moved with her family to Wales when she was a child. During World War II, she was part of the woman's Royal Navy service where she served as a cipher officer. The hominess of the book gives no hint of this part of Fry's life. She fell into writing, it seems. Trained as an artist at the Central School of Arts and Crafts in London, she wrote to have material for her illustrations. She was a woman of very talent. Indeed, her line drawings that accompany Secret of the Ron Moore, Scary are whimsical and provide the text with an added layer of warmth. It is a shame that more isn't known about this woman. Her contribution to children's literature, in the form of this little book, is priceless. Read this book if you, like me, are longing to travel again, even if it can only be from the comfort of your armchair for now. Read it if you miss the days of storytellers, or love folk tales or stories about mythological creatures. Read it for its air of mystery expertly woven in such a short book read it for its comfort and homely qualities read it for its sense of place and how it shows our tie to the land read it for the story of a sister's love undaunted and unwavering always refusing to give up hope if you find yourself fascinated by the selkie myths too you may like these books as well people from the sea by david thompson and the stranger from the sea by molly hunter and these movies, The Secret of Rowan Inish and Song of the Sea. If you would like to read this lovely story for yourself, or the others I've mentioned, I've included an affiliate link to bookshop.org in the show notes. Until next time.